Hello, and welcome to the Rural Education Podcast. I am your host, Alan Hoffman, and no, I did not make my two-week deadline that I gave myself the last time out. Uh, So if you've been waiting patiently, I do apologize for that. I have seen a few new likes on the Facebook page, a few more Twitter followers, so I do appreciate that. I'm really glad that people are listening to the podcast and you're waiting for the next one to come out. Uh, and I'm really hoping that today's topic will will help spur some discussion. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. But it's just been kind of a, a busy time. The beginning of the year is a busy time. We just wrapped up quarter number one here. Uh, and so I've got some projects that are going on. I've got my seniors in the midst of their, their big research project. I just finished up a couple of novels, including 13 Reasons Why, which is a, a really good, important young adult novel. Uh, and maybe I'll, I'll do an episode later on about the novels I teach and why, and that'll be kind of an English-heavy episode. Uh, but I think that could be a fun one to do, so I'll put that one in the, uh, in the old idea bank. Uh, but, I, you know, it's just been a busy time. We've got uh, high school football playoffs are going on. Our team right now is undefeated. They're looking really good, so hopefully uh, they have uh, a good long run in them. Volleyball just wrapped up their season, so just a lot of a lot of things have been going on at the school. And as you know, if a lot of things are going on at the school, as a rural educator, that means a lot of things are going on for you as well. One of the things that we're working on here at the school that has kind of taken up a little bit of my time, we're in the midst of developing a strategic plan, which I think could be really, really interesting. And I'm kind of looking forward to being a part of that process, just sitting in on those meetings. And, and maybe I'll do an episode on that as we kind of go through uh, that process. So I've, I've got a couple of ideas, but I want to come back to uh, one of the things that's taken up a little bit of my time, not as much time as I would have liked, and that is parent-teacher conferences. We had our first round of those for this year uh, on Thursday, last Thursday. And what I would really like to get from people that listen to the podcast or follow me on Twitter or like the Facebook page is to generate a discussion about how can we improve parent-teacher conferences because it is very clear to me after doing this three times at, at my school that what we're doing isn't working in the sense that attendance is poor. And I don't think that attendance being poor at parent-teacher conferences is something that is limited to savage. You know, you always hear, oh, you get the parents that you don't necessarily need to see and the parents that you really, you know, would like to have a a chat with, they're not going to show up. And... It just it, it boggles my mind. It, it literally does. Um, I am the, the son of two educators. Obviously, I'm in education. Uh, my wife is an educator. Uh, my mother-in-law is a teacher. And, you know, so obviously, you know, education is, is a big part of who I am. And I think I was actually talking to, to my mom once, and I said, it just I can't really wrap my head around the fact that parents wouldn't go to parent-teacher conferences, that they wouldn't care how their their kids are doing um, that just doesn't make any sense to me at all and she says well it wouldn't make any sense to you because you come to a family that really values education and and, and sees the the parental role in that as being something that's big and so while I can't wrap my head around it I just you know am trying to see how we can make others see the importance of parental role 
and and how can we get them in the building for for parent teacher conferences how can we get them to come come in i know at the elementary level it's different because that's kind of just part of their grade and the the parents are kind of like well if we need to make sure that you know our kids are on the right track and that they're developing the right skills but it just seems like something happens once they get into junior high and that just switches off yeah, and i i maybe shouldn't say that they don't care but they don't they stop coming to conferences uh and so i'd like to know how what we can do to get around that i do want to say before i go for i recognize that everybody is busy and that we have parents that maybe they would like to come but they can't they have to work they have to maybe they have to take care of somebody at home you know there there are legitimate reasons for not coming to to parent teacher conferences i'm not obviously on this podcast saying that no parent cares or that the parents that don't come you know they have no excuses what i am trying to get at is how can we increase attendance and for for me from round 1 this year that's not a very high bar i talked to one high school parent through i was there for 3 hours i talked to one high school parent i did have some good attendance from the junior high but that was it i was actually i was pretty busy for the first hour maybe and then the last 2 hours i saw one person it was pretty dull i had to get my lesson plans done so there's that but overall it just it was not a good experience it was you know not a worthwhile experience those parents that came in i thought that was a good conversation to have but i mean when it comes to the high school again you you need to have i mean parents need to be coming they need to they still need to show that they're vested in their child's education i feel uh, i think it's always good to know what's going on in the classroom and and i think it's always good to know you know is your your child is your son or daughter doing well um the way that i have done my parent teacher conferences i i write up notes on each student and this is where it's the the advantage of teaching in a small school and i teach probably like 40 some kids maybe 50 uh and that that's the extent of of how many that i have and that's good because that allows me to take the time and i i know each each student on an individual basis and i can take the time and and write you know just a little paragraph about about each one and i talk about what are their strengths what do they do well and then and i don't deem weaknesses but what what do they need to work on and and everybody i think can work on something and this is one of the things where when i get into talking about grades i'm not a big fan of grades because i think a good grade sends a message that a student has done something perfectly and or has done it really really well and they have but it might also send the message that they don't need to improve and even though i give them feedback and i i tell them you know how they can make it even better for the next time i still think that sometimes that student sees that oh i got an a on this paper so i i don't have to change up anything you know and i can ignore this feedback on the flip side of that i think that if i give a a student a bad grade and even if i point out you know you did a few things well and you can build off of this but i need you to go a little bit further i need you to do this i think it sends the message that 
you know, to that student that I can't do this. I can't give Hoffman what he wants uh, on these writing assignments. I, I, I can't do it. And so I'm not a big fan of grades um, from that perspective. And I also am not a big fan of grades because I think sometimes parents might look at it and do the same thing. And they go, oh, well, he's got a B, and that's that's good enough. I don't need to go in and, and see what's going on. Or they've got an A, that's, you know, they're right where they need to be. What would we talk about anyway? When I might say something about, like, you know, this student, you know, sometimes they they have some really bad days. And, you know, they just, their attitude might not be as good as I think it should be. Uh, you know, is there anything going on that I should be aware of? Or, you know, yeah, they got an A, but, you know, it was like pulling teeth, getting them to actually do work, and they were pretty stressed at the end. Uh, so maybe is, is there anything that we can do to alleviate that? On the flip side, maybe there's parents that look at it and go, well, my kid got a D. I don't want to go to this, this meeting and just have the teacher talk about how awful my kid is when, you know, I've talked about, you know, this kid's actually got a really good personality, and when he does his work, it's actually pretty good, and he could be getting a better grade if he just put in a more consistent effort. You know, and that's one of the things that I really took from my education courses uh, when I was going and getting my degree was to talk about not just the good and the bad, but both. You want to talk about, you know, a child's strengths. And even the kid that makes you pull out your hair and frustrates you and you, you find something. You got to find something that you like about that kid, something that they do well. You know, I talked to a parent last year and he said, oh, you want my, you want my, my son to, to write and, and get enthusiastic about writing? Tell him to write about hunting. And so I did. I gave that suggestion to him. And, I, and, and he, now he writes, that's all he writes about. But he's really passionate about hunting and he likes to share hunting stories. And he gets that and he, he talks about that all the, you know, that's what he loves to write about. And his writing's gotten better because the best way to improve writing is to write. And so that's what he's done. And, you know, if that parent hadn't come in, that idea might not have occurred to me. Um, and so, you know, maybe, you know, with one of some of these other struggling students, I get, you know, the sense of, well, you know, they're really into this. You know, maybe if you have books about this, they might want to read about that. Maybe, maybe the student that has had some difficulties, you know, getting into books in the past, maybe they're really into hockey. Well, let's see if we can get some hockey books. But if I don't, if I don't have that conversation with the parent, and I, I don't know, it, it's hard for me to to act on that. And yeah, you can. I mean, you ask the kids. You know, what are you? And I, I ask them all the time, what kind of books would you be interested in? And you know, a lot of times they just go, well, I don't know. That's my favorite thing that kids do. You know, I say, oh, just you know, tell me, write a nonfiction story, something that happened to you. Oh, I don't do anything. Yeah, you do. I always just tell them, so you go home and stare at a blank wall all day. And honestly, some of them will be like, basically, because that's how they see things. And it's important to have that parental perspective. But like, no, this is actually how he is at home. This is the things that he's really interested in. But they're not willing to share with a teacher. The other reason why I think it's really important for, for parents to come in to to the school and talk to teachers is because I have I have them for an hour a day. You know, those that I have for electives, I might have for two hours a day. But for the most part, I have my, my kids an hour per day. It's not enough to to properly educate them for that hour per day. There needs to be that, that push from home 
but saying like, well, I, you know, Mr. Hoffman said that you could work on this, and and you know, then maybe they work on it at home. Now I don't assign a lot of homework, but that doesn't mean that there's not skills that could be worked on at home, or maybe it's you know, I because I require my students to have, you know, two book talks per quarter, and it might just be well, make sure that you're reading your book, and and you you have mom and dad that are are pushing for that too. We need those kind of things. And I think as educators, we need help from home. I think there's, you know, study after study has shown how much parental involvement can help a child. But I, it goes past showing up for sporting events. I, I think parents need to, and, and some parents do. I'm not going on an anti-parent rant here. But more parents need to take a look at what their kids are doing in school and not just switching off once they get into junior high and high school, but continue coming out uh, and talking to teachers and seeing what's good and what could be worked on. That's the conversation that I'd like to have is if you have better attendance than I do, and again, not hard, but is there anything that you that your school does? Is there anything that your school tries to incorporate to make sure that parents are coming into the building um, I don't think you'll ever get 100% attendance but what are, what's what's worked for you to increase attendance because I think the, the more attendance that we have the better the better it'll be for our kids I, th- I think that also plays into the fact that if we have better attendance we have better community support for the school because they know what's going on they know who the teachers are if we have better parental involvement I think our, our students improve their scores. I think we have a little bit more community pride uh, and I think maybe those parents that didn't have a great school experience they can overcome that a little bit and they can see well this is how we're trying to do things. I know I have parents that did not have the positive uh, experience in school that I did but maybe if they saw that I was doing things a little bit differently than what they're used to maybe that helps them out. Maybe that helps them not. But to get to that point, I need to be able to talk to them. So just to, just to, to give you kind of a, an update on how I, you know, I try to communicate uh, with parents at home. Um, I do have a Facebook page, and I, you know, I let them know that they can get on that and they can see that. I put up what we're doing each week for the classes on there. I give them the syllabus, and it's got the email address on it. It's got the school phone number, my extension on it. And just, you know, if they want to contact me, they can. But I think there's more that I could do. And I think, obviously, there has to be more than our school can do uh, rather than just putting out in the newsletter, hey, this is the night for parent-teacher conferences, and here's the times. Be there. Because that clearly isn't working for uh, getting parents in to the school. And so I'd, I'd, I'd like to hear from from you, the listeners. Uh, and again, this is where I'm really hoping I can kind of spur this conversation. And if you go all the way back to episode one, if you go back to episode one of this podcast, and that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about, or that's one of the goals that I had for this podcast, was having a conversation with other educators and having that discussion with them about how to improve our practices, how to improve our teaching, how to do better. That's my goal. Uh, and, and I have said it before on this podcast, I don't pretend in any form to know what I'm doing. 
<laughs> I don't pretend to be an expert on rural education. This is only my second year of teaching. At this school, total, second year, I am not going to even pretend that I know everything. What I want this podcast to be and the, the platforms that this podcast is put out on and accessible through is I want that to be a place where we can have conversations about how to get better. And I think parent-teacher conferences and getting better attendance and what those look like are something that I know me personally and my school really kind of needs to improve upon. So I'd really love to hear your ideas. I would love to hear your thoughts. Your If you think, well, have you tried this? We've thought about doing this at our school or what has worked or maybe even better. This is something that we tried to do and it didn't work. You know, I want to have those conversations. What works, what doesn't work, and how can we get parents to come into the building and just see what we're doing? Uh, because I'm a firm believer in transparency, and I'm also a firm believer that parents, if they have an active role in their child's education, their child is going to do better. Because they, they've they've set an example for their child that we care about this, and you you should do well at this. Because I've got some kids that, yeah, they have their grades right where they need to be so they can go and play football or play basketball. But once that ends, what's the motivation? Once that ends, where are they getting that drive from? And I've got some kids that, you know, that I'm thinking about one in particular, and, and this student's goal is to graduate. They told me this on the, like the first day of school. They did some writing, and they said, my overall goal is to graduate high school. But I can kind of see that because this student doesn't have that push from home, they're faltering a little bit. And I'm pushing him, and I'm working with him, and I really want him to, to, to exceed his goal. And I've told him, your goal and my goal are the same. is to get you to the finish line and get you across that finish line. But there's a little part of me that says, if I don't have that buy-in from home, we can only do so much in the building. That's just the reality of it. And it, I'm not saying that that getting this kids' uh, parents in for parent-teacher conferences is going to magically improve his grades overnight, but it's a step. It's a part of the puzzle. And if we can get more teachers, or excuse if we can get more parents in, to the schools and we can get better attendance at these conferences and we can work together parent and teacher throughout the school year I think that's going to do wonders for our kids I really do and so I'm asking you guys again how can we improve attendance and how can we improve parent teacher conferences maybe it's just the setup themselves that it's just it's not that great I don't know uh, talk to me. I want to hear. I want to hear from you guys, um, the listeners. What works? What doesn't work? Why do you think it's important? Do you have stories that you'd like to tell? I'd really like this to be kind of the the meeting place, if you will, for making better practices in rural education. So, uh, thank you for listening. If you'd like to go ahead and and like us on Facebook or like me. This is a one-man show. If you'd like to like me, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rural Ed Podcast. 
I'm also on Twitter at Rural Ed Podcast. Uh, you can also email me, ruraledpodcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Blogger, ruraledpodcast.blogspot.com. And all of those places, you know, email me, tweet at me, uh, like me on Facebook and, and comment uh, below this episode. Um, you can comment on the sound, you know, this goes up on SoundCloud. You can comment and, and like it there, I think. Uh, just anywhere that you can or email me. What do you think are best practices for parent-teacher conferences? And hopefully, you know, I'll get some, some responses to this and I can go in and, and maybe do a an episode of, of listener mail about parent-teacher conferences. I think that would be really great, and I think this is where we can start to build things through. So, again, Facebook.com slash Rural Ed Podcast on Twitter at Rural Ed Podcast, uh, Rural Ed Podcast at gmail.com if you want to drop me an email or ruraledpodcast.blogspot.com. Those are kind of all the avenues that you can go to uh, to find the Rural Education Podcast. And if you want to, go ahead and uh, uh, you know rate me on iTunes, give me some feedback on iTunes, how I'm doing, anything uh, that you can tell me to do improve upon. I'd really like that. And also, uh, go ahead and hit the subscribe button too on iTunes. Uh, we're up on there, uh, and that would be really great. So I hope to hear from you guys soon. I hope you guys are having a great year uh, wrapping up quarter number one, going into quarter number two, and and I can't wait to uh, talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening, and have a great day.